Welcome to the Splinters Podcast from the team on the bench. Community Radio's leading no-holds-barred Friday night sports show. Available online and replayed on Triple H 100.1 FM. Now, here's your host, the Raging Bull, Anthony Caruso. Good evening and welcome to Splinters, the Bench Podcast on Triple H 100.1 FM. Streaming on the web at www.triplehfm.com.au and available for download at podcast.com, Apple Store, YouTube Music, Spotify, TuneIn and all good podcast sites. We do it all for Atlas Chartered Accountants, the Hornsby Korean Guy Post, the Hornsby RSL and ISC Sports. Anthony the Bull Caruso with you and we are fired up and ready for the summer of cricket. Yes, we have got so many cricket previews for you. You're going to be wondering what's been happening over the last couple of months with absolutely no news coming out. But we do have a an expected start date, late October, early November, which means it is time to start getting these previews out and we cannot wait for this competition to start. We are talking the New South Wales Premier Cricket and who better to have alongside me to discuss this than our chief cricket pro- correspondent, the wise man himself, Matt Mears. Good evening to you. Good evening, Mr. Caruso. Yes, uh, another ep- not yet another episode of Splinters About Cricket. Had to make sure I made myself present um, for this joyous occasion. We're getting closer and closer to that special time where We'll be allowed outside properly again. We'll be able to be out there on the cricket field with our teammates. I can't wait. So we better get into this show because it's going to be a bumper one. Ten teams to preview. Um, and there's been a lot of movement going on in this lockdown offseason. Oh, absolutely has. And indeed, Mizzy, this is so big we have to do this in two parts. Well, it is. As I said, um, there's so much going on between all the teams, obviously, they're going to be keen as mustard to get back on the field as much as we're going to be uh, busting ourselves to get inside the commentary box. But all I can say is I know we've got a pretty big guest here to, to go through these first 10 teams with us. I think you better introduce him so we can get on with the show. I think we're going to have to. Yes, we've uh, developed a very good reputation with the Gordon District Cricket Club, the Gordon Stags. We, we love them. We love going down to Chatswood Oval, don't we, Matt? Certainly is, mate. Um, one of the best places we can... Uh, call from in the grandstand there just over uh, a, a nice little uh, slap over mid-wicket where, yes, once we did have the ball land down on our commentary table and uh, I'm still I'm still scarred by that incident because I didn't want to have to replace that equipment, but it is a great place to it's a great place to call from and I tell you, it's an even better place to play. Almost took out the Sultan in the process as well. well I wasn't going to mention that, shot. but that would have no. made me laugh. But I was more worried about the cricket. I was more worried more about the <laughs> equipment than the than the Sultan. <laughs> well, joining us tonight, he is the club captain of the Gordon District Cricket Club. We love having him on the show, and he's back with us. Ryan Tullier, good evening to you. Good evening, boys. Glad to be here. Talk some cricket finally as we approach the season. Have you have you had that bit of itch? about yourself being stuck at home for about three months, not having anything to almost follow except the rugby league potentially. Uh, and yeah, now been, we we get the call. Been uh, following the footy, but yeah, I'm glad to talk some cricket finally, um, especially, yeah, thinking that we'd be starting next weekend. So yeah, it's approaching finally. 
So, Ryan, you weren't in the uh, mass hysteria that has taken over uh, Triple H Sports of the European Cricket Championships. That, that didn't get in uh, the into your household because I know for a few of us, mate, back-to-back, Norway versus Sweden was the cricket I didn't know I needed in my life. Yeah, I can't say I've watched much of the European cricket. Seen some highlights. Um, yeah, it's an entertaining format, I think. Um, yeah, it's, it's a good watch. Hey, I've got to ask, surname Talia, what, what, what's your background? What's the family background? Uh, so it's an Irish background. Irish background. Oh, I was going to say there, because you'd be, you'd be half a chance of getting a start with uh, the Irish team if that was the case, wouldn't you? Oh, yeah, I'd hope so, because the, the quality doesn't seem all that great half the time, <laughs> so I'd like to think I'm half a chance. Well, I've got to say, I'm hoping one day I might still be an outside chance of cracking the Italian team. Uh, and there's a few guys we might mention in New South Wales Premier Cricket who'd be eligible for that, I think. So, you know, maybe the Azzurri might make an appearance at the World Cup one day. Yeah, oh. there's always hope. You never know, you might find yourself <laughs> on the screens of Australia. Yeah. Well, let's let before we start continue talking much more crap. We've got ten teams to get to, and um, we've got plenty of news, transfers, and rumors to get through. So, with that, the umpire strikes back, and Hugh Jars are at the respective ends. It is just ticked over. It is time for play to commence, ladies and gentlemen. This is Splinters. <laughs> And we're going to kick things off here with the first team in alphabetical order. It is the Bankstown Bulldogs. And Mirzi, a bit of news on changes. Not a lot in terms of player transfers, but on the coaching staff. Well, a, a big uh, tr- a big transfer out is... Um, well, no, sorry. A big transfer in is Corey Richards. Um, be best known as a Bankstown boy. He was at Union New South Wales. He returns as their head coach. That's a big get for them. Absolutely. And Ryan, a legend of New South Wales cricket, Corey Richards, going back to where it all started for him. Yeah, I think that's a massive um, get for them. And traditionally being such a strong club, I think they'll perform strongly this year. And Mizzy, the lineup very stable from last year. They weren't the best when it came to the longer format matches, but in the limited overs and the, and the T20, a very strong lineup. Well, when you look when you look through a lot of teams, you you want to look for that consistency. There's a lot of sides that you see get lots of in and outs due to higher honours, representative duty, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But Bankstown, um, other than really Dan Solway, who who was on uh, New South Wales Sheffield Shield duties last year, they stay pretty um, const- consistent the whole way through. And any good cricket team, you want to have that consistency. You want to know everybody knows how to play their roles and where they fit into that side. And Bankstown's probably one of the best at uh, getting the most out of their players and what role they play. And Ryan, we often speak about the draw that comes out. And this was a fascinating piece. Bankstown were the only team that drew what ended up being every team in the top five. Now, as you, as you know, as we all know, you know, you, there are four teams you don't end up playing during the course of the year. But how is it? How important is it sometimes to get that ideal draw? Yeah, I think it's crucially important. I mean, you look at the table there where they finished last year in eleventh. That would, would have shocked a lot of people. Would have expected them to be higher. But then you take into consideration the opposition they were facing. Um, yeah, if you put a few sides in there that were lower on the table instead of those top sides, they probably make the top six. So it makes yeah a huge difference. I've gone for this team to finish seventh to tenth, just outside the finals, but. 
I think once again, in the limited overs and the T20s, this is a very strong team, Mizzy, and I think that they'll be competing for the other trophies. Oh, for sure, particularly in the uh, Kingsgrove T20 competition. They, they seem to grow an extra leg in that competition. They get one or two of their uh, senior players back that help them towards that total, to, towards those trophies. It'll be interesting to see how much... Um, limited overs cricket we play, whether with the late start, we, we play a bit more limited overs cricket throughout the season. If we do, that will certainly uh, help the Bankstown side. Ryan, your prediction? Yeah, I'm backing back uh, Bankstown in for a top six spot. I just think um, they've got quite a good young pace attack with Marshall and Simpson. I think another year for them, more experience they get playing another year in first grade. Uh, I think they can fire them higher up the table, and then obviously you've got the experienced guys in Carruthers and Solway. So, yeah, I expect them to be back in the top six. Well, let's go on to the next team, the Blacktown Mounties mm. Wanderers. And, mm. oh, boy, Mizzy, there is one transfer out, and it's a big one. Well, yeah, it is a big, big out for Blacktown. Um, Jordan Gauchy, he's left for Sydney Uni, another one on that possession out to uh, – out to University Oval number one, he's going to leave a big hole in that side. And Ryan, last year this was a since the since my cricket started, this is now officially the worst return last year by a team in first grade. I, I don't know the last time we'd ever seen a team end up with zero or even just one point. Yeah, it was obviously a very tough year for them last year, um, and then. As you've just mentioned, Gauchi going as well has just compounded that. Um, yeah, it's not looking too great for Blacktown at the moment, but you never know if it gives some young guys some opportunities. Um, yeah, it be, could be a tough season ahead, though. It could, it could be a very tough season ahead indeed. I don't, I don't see, I mean, apart from Harmon Sandu in, in this lineup, I don't see where they're going to be able to get some, some fight in this first-grade team. Uh, given where they finished last year, given how far behind the rest of the competition they were and the fact they've lost Jordan Goucher here, not only have I said bottom five, Mizzy, I've tipped them for the spoon this year. Well, usually we try and be positive on this show uh, with, with some of the sides. But when not you lose- me. I like, to, I like to stick my neck out on this. Yeah, well, we'll get to the next club and I'm going to say something then. But um, we'll, um, yeah, as I said, we, I like to try and at least be positive on these shows and, and try and... Uh, see where they might be able to improve. But um, as I said, I think for, for Blacktown, it's going to be hard. Obviously, that Mounties relationship, Mounties not having the, the same sort of backing as they normally would in a pre-pandemic um, era, uh, the money not coming in, not being able to float through to the teams to uh, to get those players coming through. It's going to be a long, hard uh, season for uh, Blacktown. And yeah, you, you'd have to think bottom of the table is where they're looking at again. Ryan, it's not looking good. And... How long do you think they will have before they start questioning whether this partnership with Mounties is actually worth the um, the paper it's written on? Yeah, I, I tend to think the same as you. I think if I had to predict a team to be down the bottom, it would probably be Blacktown just based on the fact that it seems they haven't improved their roster compared to last year and they finished last then as well. So, yeah, they might need to find another way to recruit some talent or – I know invest more in the juniors and not too sure, but yeah, it could be a tough season for them. Let's go on to the next team, the Campbelltown Camden oh, Ghosts. And oh, here we go. <laughs> Mizzy's waiting. Please, waiting please, before one. you mention this, before you mention the Ghosts to the Ghosts, after last year, 
Any any feedback you have on this podcast, please send directly to Anthony Caruso and not to our uh, team social media. Thank you. <laughs> oh, look, I'll, I'll happily wear it. Now, for those of you who don't know, I made the prediction that they were going to come stone motherless last last year. I, I have to admit straight away, I was wrong. Yeah, they they were also position. a bit annoyed about some of the predictions that you made that didn't of player transfers that didn't come true as well. Well, only one of them ended up being not completely true, which was Phil Wells leaving. But certainly the Jared the Jared Burke um, connection, some of them did leave. Oh, they so did, but that doesn't yeah. mean they were happy about it. Oh, no, sure, exactly. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, uh, well, I mean, they're not going to be happy with what I say to them next because obviously they've they've lost another player. Well, Luke Courtney um, is on his way out um, to go with uh, to go to Hawkesbury. It is um, it is another one of these sides, though. As much as uh, we do like to say, <laughs> from the last one, I'm trying to be positive here for you, the goats. But um, they do have a couple of players that you said Phil Wells is still there. Uh, Tanvir Sanger, he, as, as long as he can get on the field for them, he's going to be able to put in some good performances. But it's still going to be a hard year for the Ghosts. It's it, it's not going to get any easier than it did for them last year. We have to be fair to them to a certain point here, Ryan, is that the Ghosts have been absolutely smacked by unfortunate circumstances over the last couple of years, especially when it comes to bushfires. Yeah, exactly right. I think... Yeah, I tend to agree. I think they might struggle a bit this year. Um, it obviously be a bit dependent as well on how me, how much uh, Tanvir Sanger plays, but he's a quality player, so I expect him to only play more state and high on a cricket, so I'm not sure how much he'll be available. Um, I know they've got a few other young guys in their squad, like uh, Salesman. I know he's a good player. Um, so, yeah, I, while it will likely be a tough year, I suppose there's some positive signs there. Let's move on to the fourth team in our lineup is the Eastern Suburbs Dolphins. And a big, big rumor out of this. We think it may have happened, but uh, Mizzy, this is going to be huge. Well, if it's, it is, we will preface that it is a rumor at this stage, but um, our mail usually is fairly decent on these sort of things. John O'Cook, the uh, Sydney Thunder off spinner, looking to make his way from west to east. If this is true, that's a huge in for the for the Dolphins. Oh, and this 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 team, which is already looking fairly solid, Ryan, just gets that bit stronger with the addition of John O'Cook. Yeah, they're always a strong side as well. Uh, Eastern suburbs up around the top end, and with the experience and quality of Cook coming in, I expect them to do well. Um, and they already have such a strong squad as it is, and they have some good young guys coming through. In Sam Constus, um, he hit. Oh, I can't remember how many hundreds. It must have been about 15 hundreds last season when I saw and versed him in one of the lower grades last year. So positive signs for Ace. Uh, and certainly, Mirzi, when you look at the lineup, you've got established stars uh, like Peter Neville here. You've got emerging stars to play higher levels, the likes of Harry Conway, Baxter Holt. Um, and then you've got the the tried and true players in, in New South Wales Premier Cricket, the ones who are going to be in this squad week in, week out. And, of course, we refer to the likes of Marcus Atala, Jack Preddy, Peter Lazarus, and Angus Robson, along with Nathan Rowe. That There are very few weaknesses in this lineup. Well, you, you missed out a big one, a, a long-serving player in Tim Armstrong as well. Yes, true. Yeah. Um, again, it's like Bankstown. If you can keep your, your 
core squad in on the field week in, week out without losing players like Peter Neville. I believe you won't see him much in the New South Wales colours this year, if at all. So having him there week to week will be a huge in for the Dolphins. Maybe Harry Conway will probably be on higher honours. But other than that, Baxter Holt's there or thereabouts. But it'd only be really if he can take those gloves away from um, one of the other young keepers in New South Wales would we see him out of this team as well. But you've got Robson, who's played uh, cricket for England. You've got uh, Henry Thornton, who's played big bash cricket. And you've got a lot of guys here that have um, been just playing good, solid cricket year in and year out. Uh, that's how you want to. That's the best building blocks you can get for a, a side like East, and they're going to be very competitive yet again. This is one of the things here, Ryan, is the the plethora of keepers competing for the glove work um, to take over after Peter Neville, Matt Jilks, Baxter Holt, uh, Jay Lenton, Aidan Barriol. They're all in line to have a crack at the New South Wales gloves. And considering you've got Peter Neville with Baxter Holt in the same lineup, you'd have to say it's almost him and Jilks who have got first crack at the um, New South Wales glove work. Yeah, it's very interesting. Um, and it will be very interesting to see what position New South Wales take with um, their wicket keepers. Because as you said, there's quite a lot of young talent going around for them to choose from. But it seems to me that Holt's got the upper hand at the moment. Um be interesting to see if he holds on to that. But with Neville in the Eastern Suburbs setup, the experience that he'll be able to give him is invaluable. Um, so, yeah, I think Holt might have the leading advantage at the moment, but we'll have to see how this season pans out. And it's and it's quite fascinating, Matt, to see as well that while you've got Baxter Holt playing for the Sydney Thunder, the Sixers are bringing in um, Josh Philippe from um, Western Australia. Well, yeah, exactly right. And you've got Gilks playing for the Thunder as well. So it, it is an interesting strategy. You'd think if they're your two leading candidates, you'd want to have them split up and be able to uh, almost compete against each other or at least both compete on that big stage of the BBL to see what they're both made of. But as I said, you can't deny the, the talent of Josh Philippe. You, he's a guy you want in your team no matter what. Um, particularly for his batting exploits, and he's been phenomenal for the Sixers at the top of the order. But it is interesting to see how um, that they manage the talent within the New South Wales pool. Obviously, having the two teams means they can give these fringe guys a go. We've seen the likes of Ollie Davies um, getting a go with the Thunder and showing the talent that he has. It's a bit strange that they'd have them double up for the Thunder and not have them both. And and they usually bring in a, an overseas wiki keeper as well. Like they've had Josh Butler and the like in the Thunder sides in the last couple of years. So it'll be interesting to see how they manage them. Um, it might come down to just form in the inter-club games that they'll have to play until they're allowed to play uh, Sheffield Shield or um, One Day Cricket um, later on in the summer. But It'll be an interesting race to, does, to see who does get the gloves uh, for New South Wales. I've got them finishing in the top six just. Your tips, gentlemen. Uh, I, I believe they can do it, but it would be at the, it'd be that bottom part of the six. Yeah, I've got them just missing out, um, but it would not surprise me if they made the six. So a lot of it will come down to the availability of those top guys with the BPL. BBL, uh, assume they will be in a bubble again. Not too sure. There's one other thing I did notice with them I should mention is that they they were very difficult to dismiss in the two-day game, but while they were effective at taking wickets, they leaked plenty of runs. And considering that we're, it's very likely, Mirzi, that this is going to be a one-day dominated competition, 
that, that dynamic of Eastern Suburbs, which has often been a very strong two-day team, it's going to be tested this year. Well, I said, having someone like John O'Cook come in who can bowl you very 10 very economical overs will uh, will help in that one-day format. Um, I said, at time recording, we, we haven't seen a draw or, or have any indication how much uh, two-day versus one-day cricket will be played. You would expect at least um, a, a, a higher amount of one-day cricket than we normally see just to due to the shortened season we will have. But as I said you you bat for you can bat for a hundred overs you can bat for fifty it'll just take a little bit of tinkering um, but I, I still think they're going to be competitive no matter what the format is. Let's go to our last team before we take our break and it is the surprise packet from last year, Mizzy, the Fairfield Liverpool Lions and just the one player lost. But you get the feeling that while he is a loss, it's not going to impact them too much. Well, Chad Samet is is off to Hawkesbury as well, so it'd be interesting to see Hawkesbury um, when we get to the when we get to them have a couple of good ins for the for the for the uh, Hawks themselves this year. But going back to the Lions, the, so they they had that um, influx of players, the Jared Burke and Tal come in last year, but with the likes of um, Opal Arjunir, uh Sandu as well, and Liam Hatcher, who's been a surprise packet in the uh, short form games as well. There's certainly some talent in this Fairfield Liverpool Lions lineup. It'll just be the likes of Nair and Hatcher um, at how, how much they'll be able to keep their number one squad together when Big Bash comes around. It's a very different beast from the ones that dominated in the early to mid 2000s, Ryan. And back in the days of their dynasty, headed up by Anthony Clark. Doug Bollinger and Grant Lambert. This is a team that's now really built on having the an exceptionally tight bowling attack. Took an okay number of wickets, but they were just so difficult to score off. Yeah, I think Fairfield are going to be another strong side. Um, they've got a wealth of young talent, and I think they're only going to get better as they get more experience. Um, they obviously won PGs not last season, the year before, and I think they're starting to reap the rewards of that, um, those guys feeding into the first grade squad. And they were unlucky to go down to the, the Bankstown Bulldogs in the um, Kingsgrove T20 Cup conference. They uh, they really gave them a good run for their money. They, they certainly did. And um, they, they said they're using that experience that they've got with, with some of those players in the shorter formats of, of um, the game. And they said Jared Burke, all-rounder status. Uh, Arjun Nair, we've seen what he does. Uh, for the Thunder, you, you have those bits and pieces players that, that excel in more than one facet of the game. They're always going to be competitive in short-form cricket. The other one to bring up, and it's going to be an interesting um, question to see what happens here, is the status of Garinda Sandu. He he chased the contract down at Tasmania. It didn't quite work out for him. He, end, he ended up back at Fairfield Liverpool and played a bit of a role with them running into the finals where do we see him going? Is he going to have another cracker at a state contract or do you think he's just going to try and settle in and reestablish himself in New South Wales? Yeah, I think um, with Sandu, he's obviously a very quality, high-quality player and he has played for Australia in his state. Um, I think in the moment, though, New South Wales has got such a strong bowling attack, which means that he might play more grade cricket, which is obviously great for the competition and for Fairfield. So... Yeah, I think we might see more on the grade circuit. Music? 
Yeah, I have to agree. Just when you we look through the the contracted bowlers and and you look at um, well, obviously that you've got the whole Australian attack when available uh, with Cummins, Stark, uh, and Hazelwood. Then you've got the likes of Copeland and um, well, we talked about Harry Conway before. You got Sean Abbott, who's also on Australian, and then just the, the list keeps going on and on and on. So. Obviously, if he's not in that mix at this stage, I think there'd have to be a lot of injuries or um, a lot of the guys taken on Australian or, or other duties um, for him to get back into that New South Wales side. And you mentioned before the, the introduction of Jared Burke uh, into the lineup, plus the players that he brought along with him. It brought a sense of a winning culture back into this first grade team. The question is, can they do it again to make the top six? My prediction is, I think they can, and it's another top six for them this year. Uh, they can do it. I, I feel that um, they, they're only going to continue the momentum. And if they do have the likes of Sandu, uh, Nair Hatch around for most of the season, um, that will certainly put them at good stead. And if we do see more limited overs games than we normally do, that will also uh, be an advantage to the Lions. Yeah, I've got them in the top six as well. And I think as long as those big names are available uh, come the business end of the year, I think they could be a dangerous side. Well, with that, we're, we're going to – I'm getting tongue-tied already. With that, we're going to take our break, and when we come back, we will have part two of part one of the preview of New South Wales Premier Cricket for season 2021-22. You are listening to Splinters, the Bench Podcast, on Triple H 100.1 FM, streaming on the web at www.triplehfm.com.au and available for download at podcast.com. Apple Store, YouTube Music, Spotify, TuneIn, and all good podcast sites. We'll be right back. Bowling is back in Hornsby. The Attic offers a 10-pin bowling experience like no other, with Australia's first ever augmented reality scoring experience that will take your game to a whole new level. With a selection of traditional and custom-built arcade games, the Attic Entertainment Precinct is complete with a bar and lounge area to keep you entertained for hours. Specialising in kids' parties and celebrations, the Attic at Hornsby RSL Club is perfect for your next special event. Whether it be an afternoon out with the kids or a night out with friends, it will be an unforgettable occasion that will bowl you and your guests over. Visit our website, theattichornsby.com.au, for more information. The Attic, proud sponsors of Triple H. Do you think the government deserves more of your hard-earned money? If not, make sure you talk to Atlas Chartered Accountants. Atlas Chartered Accountants makes sure the money you earn stays in your pocket through legal tax planning strategies, from finding that last tax deduction to tax-effective business structures for asset protection purposes so you can invest in what really matters, your family and business. Visit their website at ihatetax.com.au. Atlas Chartered Accountants. They are dedicated to you and dedicated station sponsors of Triple H 100.1 FM. Welcome back to Splinters, the Bench Podcast on Triple H 100.1 FM, streaming on the web at www.triplehfm.com.au, available for download at podcast.com, Apple Store, YouTube Music, Spotify, TuneIn, and all good podcast sites. We do it all for Atlas Chartered Accountants, the Hornsby Karingai Post, the Hornsby RSL, and ISC Sports. Anthony the Bull Caruso with the wise man, Matt Mears, and our special guest, Ryan Tullier from the Gordon District Cricket Club. And... Indeed, with Ryan here, we are going to go to our sixth team in alphabetical order. It is the Gordon Stags. And a little bit of movement happening around 
um, for Gordon. First off, on the coaching stuff, I've noticed um, at least one, maybe two former players now joining the coaching team. Yeah, so we've got uh, earlier Richter in as our head coach and Nick Miller to coach more of the lower grades, which is exciting for us as um, former players. And yeah, I think that'll bring a lot to the club. Well, this is one thing that Gordon's had in their favor over the last couple of years has been this very strong culture uh, within the club itself. It's a very, it's quite a tight knit group and the, you know, you always get a sense that everyone has been very much welcome whenever you head down to Chatswood Oval. Yeah, I think last year particularly was a awesome year from the cultural side of things. You guys were obviously there for some of those T20 days and we had those chants and things going supporting the first grade side. Um, which they thoroughly enjoyed and we enjoyed in the stands. And I think um, most occasions, while it was uh, could have been a bit distracting, the opposition teams enjoyed it as well and got around it. So, yeah, they were, they were good times. I can tell you, just by being in, being set up in the commentary booth and we were literally about five metres away, we, we had to sort of turn the uh, the effects mic uh, in the opposite direction so we weren't just picking up the chance. It was a great atmosphere, and to be out, we, we get to we're in a lucky position. We get to go to a lot of different grounds, uh, calling the T twenties, and but just to be in that sort of environment, in that sort of uh, atmosphere at a at a local game, at a at a at a um, grade cricket ground, it was phenomenal. And to see that you can get your lower grade guys and your club supporters along and and create that atmosphere. It's, it's something to behold, and even if you're not a big fan of the club, if you're a local in the area, you can't get to all the uh, the big games. You can't get to the big bash because they weren't letting the people in. It's a great place to be to get a good game of cricket and, and some great atmosphere. So, as I said, I've, probably the only one I've seen similar is Manly, where they get their lower graders down on the hill. There, you probably couldn't have a, an effects mic near them at all with some of the colourful language that may come out of their mouths, but... As I said, it was a great atmosphere, and um, as I said, when we get back to Gord- uh, to um, Chatswood Oval this year, I can't wait, and hopefully they're going to replicate it. And hopefully no mentions of uh, brown paper bags on a fishing rod turning up again at some point. <laughs> oh, that, that is, Ryan, it was probably, unfortunately you weren't there. I don't know if you'd heard of it. It was probably one of the greatest pieces of banter I'd ever seen in, in my life for following New South Wales Premier Cricket. Was that um, at a Manly fixture? It was against um, Mossman when um, Nick Bills went over. Yeah, okay. In fact, it was tossed out for him. Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah, that, that would be um, one of the better sides, I reckon, for the banter size of thing, probably which is why they appreciated our chance so much when we versed them. <laughs> <laughs> they would. They would actually appreciate it immensely. Uh, a couple of transfers, and, uh, you know, disappointing to see a, a couple of these ones. First off, and the news of Nathan Doyle in particular off to Sydney. Yeah, that's um, obviously a big blow for us. Um, Being a core member of our first grade squad the last two seasons, um, being our PG's captain. And yeah, probably earmarked as a potential future leader in the first grade squad. So yeah, so obviously a big loss for us and disappointing to see him go. And along with that, Ryan Mepham to UNSW. And jo- an interesting one, Josh Josh Claridge deciding to stay in Newcastle this year. Yeah, uh, Josh Claridge yeah, decided to stay in Newcastle, I think. Uh, just the travel got to him a bit, um, so he's decided to stay more local this season. Um, maybe playing PGs, I'm not too sure what the go is there uh, at the current stage, but yeah, he will obviously be a loss as he was seen as someone potentially fill those first grade spots in the years to come. And then obviously 
Ryan Mepham off to UNSW. UNSW in a similar situation. Someone could have been a long-term uh, member in the first-grade squad, but not to be just gives opportunities to some other guys that will be just as capable. But Matt Mears, I mean, they needed to sign someone. I'll tell you what, they couldn't have done much better than signing this free agent. Well, as I said, we, we've had some dealings with him in his former club, but um, he is going to uh, rock and roll Chatswood Oval. I think it's going to be just small enough for his liking, but uh, Jack Ritchie, uh, a big in for the Gordon Stags. Imagine having him hitting some bombs into uh, the train tracks there. They'll probably have to put a warning out on the uh, New South Wales transport system that uh, he's at the crease, but uh, he's going to be a big in, and I think he's going to do a lot of good things for Gordon. How on earth did you land a former Beto medalist like Cubby? Yeah, I think it's going to be um, a great addition for us. I think one thing that we have lost in the last couple of years with that big turnover in first grade is a bit of experience. Um, we still have guys in that first grade squad that have experience that have come in like the Quincy Titterton's, Dylan Hunter, those kind of players. But I think... If we can add some more experience, it's only going to make the side better. Um, and obviously, has been an awesome player previously. So hopefully, he can replicate some of that form for us. Uh, the team has shown to be very strong when it comes to shorter forms of the game. Games. You finished ninth in the limited overs. You finished eighth in the main first grade competition. Second in the Sydney Sixers conference, and beaten in an absolute upset against UNSW last year. A very strong team in the shorter forms, and in particular with the damaging ability of all rounder Tim Crawford in the lineup. Uh, my prediction is may not be enough to be to remain competitive in the two day in the main format of the game, but I've still got you. I've still got Gordon as being potential threats in the limited overs and the Kingsgrove T Twenty. Yeah, I think. Um... Last year, we probably overachieved. I think a lot of people would have expected us to be in the bottom five. Um, So for us to come in eighth in the end was a great effort. And I think we'll probably see this season will also be getting a bit more experience with some of the younger guys. Um, But I think, yeah, we had huge years from Tim last year. Jackson Saggers was a real breakout year. it was good to see him do what he's been doing to us in the Nets for a few seasons, um, come out to play in the games because he's not the most fun to play in the Nets. Um, so, yeah, if those guys continue to perform well, I can't see why we can't do as well as last year. Matt Mears, don't you love a net bully? <laughs> no, not really because I can't bat, but... Um... It's going to be an, it's going to be an interesting season from Gordon. I, I think they've got that culture around the club. I said, I know when we when we're going to be doing our broadcasts for T Twenty. As soon as I see that that Gordon home game at Chatswood Oval, it will certainly have the big the, the big texture circle, the highlight, the everything around it. I know I'll be wanting to get there with bells on to call that game. It's a great place uh, to call from uh, Chatswood Oval and and the atmosphere that the club provides. Uh, that can transfer onto the field, and I think that's a lot of what happened last year um, in those overachieving, as Ryan said. But I, I think that culture as well, um, it, it spurs you on. It lets you play maybe a little bit higher than what your uh, talent lets you. I said, I know that's happened to me more than once, that uh, my talent's very low and um, can get that passion, can drag a bit more out of you. And um, I think it's going to be a good season for the, the Stags, whether it, whether they're going to be finals bound in the moon competition, maybe, maybe not. But 
I think any more chances for limited overs um, games and for that T20 Cup, they're, they're, they're going to be a side that everyone's going to have to watch out for. Well, let's go to one of the more interesting lineups here, Mizzy, and in terms of transfers, is the Hawkesbury Hawks. Now, we should preface this at the start by saying this is a team now rising from what happened with the floods towards the end of last year. Of course, Benson's Lane absolutely inundated. They have arisen back well. The wonderful work by New South Wales Premier Cricket supporters to raise money to re-establish the Hawkesbury Hawks. And there has been some good news stories for this club and probably one of the more exciting ones in the entire competition in terms of transfers in. Well said, two big transfers with Luke Courtney, as we mentioned before, coming back um, to his childhood club after the the two years at Campbelltown Camden and also having um, Chad Samet come across from Fairfield Liverpool, another good in for uh, the Hawks. And not only that, but some really big news, Ryan, in terms of another new head coach and a, and a decent name in New South Wales Premier Cricket at that. Yeah, I think Hawkesbury are going to be a team that's definitely going to improve from last year. Obviously, strong coaching set up now um, and then a few players coming in. Um, yeah, I think it's going to be a better season for them this season. Yeah, Mizzy, these guys have often been known as a limited overs and T20 specialists, and they proved it again last year, coming third in the Thunder Conference. This is a team that can be incredibly damaging, um, and I think you know they've adjusted well to life post-Peter Forrest, and I think they could do some damage this year again. Well, I think it comes down again. They're going to be another one of these limited overs, uh, strong sides. Um, we saw what they did in the uh, in the Kingsgrove T20 last year against all odds, considering where they were on the ladders in both the limited overs and the first grade, well inside the bottom five in those competitions. But again, it, it just comes down to how they can build the side. A couple of good ins, um, a bit of changing coaching, getting the structures right. Maybe this year might not be their year, but they're certainly getting those building blocks together to, to be a club on the rise. I've tipped them to finish in the bottom five in the main competition. I do think they are finals contention for the T20. But, Ryan, out of all the teams that finished in the bottom five last year, I think Hawkesbury could be the most likely to make the jump out. Yeah, I agree. I think I've got them in the bottom five as well. However, I think there's yeah a bit of light at the end of the tunnel for Hawkesbury. I think... They could be a side that could push for a mid-table spot. And then, obviously, they are quite strong in that shorter format. So, yeah, I think there could be some positive signs there for Hawkesbury. Let's move on to a team that were grand finals last year in first grade. Uh, and they've, they've just continued to build on top of this already very damaging lineup. It is the Manly Warringah Waratahs. And, Mizzy, there's no rest there, although a lot of the movement has been more off the field than on it. Well, as I said, there's, there's been a lot of a lot of happenings coming out of the Waratahs. Um, in the coaching ranks, Roy Van Barker um, promoted a head coach uh, with Phil Marks, uh, no longer in that head coaching role. And um, you've got uh, club legend, local junior in Tim Cruikshank as one of his assistants. And another handy player that, that has made a, a couple of appearances for the Waratahs over the last couple of years. I think we've called him once or twice in the T20s. Uh, guy named Morne Morkel uh, being around the club. So they're, they're certainly a club that uh, can get some um, people involved. And uh, as I said, for, for the young fast bowlers, and I know that Cricket New South Wales having the likes of Mickey Edwards, um, 
and some of their other youngsters. Ryan Hadley is also on the Cricket New South Wales books. When they know that they've got the likes of Mornay Morkel at their club training, I think Cricket New South Wales would be very happy for a couple of their young and up-and-coming bowlers. I'll tell you what, Ryan, you got Mornay Morkel in the lineup. There's going to be quite a few front-on quicks looking to just bowl bounces all day. Yeah, I mean, you, you look at their first-choice lineup, it's pretty much a state side. Um, yeah, you look down at 1-11, to 11, there's not really any weaknesses there. And I think with that, they've got so much talent, but also when a player does go to high honours, they've got a bit of a that next-man-up mentality and such a strong junior system that they always seem to be able to field a strong side, and I expect them to continue their uh, strong season last year into this season. The, the most, I think the most understated player to have available regularly for Manly last year ended up being Stephen O'Keefe, Mearsy, and he did take a swag full of wickets throughout the regular season uh, and you know, almost managed to find a way to crack Sydney in the grand final. Well, I said, he, having a bowler of his experience available a lot more than, like they did last year is, um, is, is what Manly need to be at the top of the competition. They, it showed how much they missed him when he was in that Sixers bubble, and that Manly's probably going to be the hardest hit when, when and if uh, the players have to go back into a bubble for the BBL um, over uh, the Christmas and January portions of the year. When you look at the likes of the Edward brothers, you've got O'Keefe, you've got Ollie Davies, uh, the list goes on and on. Where they, they're going to be losing maybe half of their first strength side, but as Ryan said, they, they said they have that next man up mentality and and some of those local juniors as I said being from the area we we know a lot about them you the, your Sam Gangsfords your Jake Cartons your Ryan Farrells Tom Kay was a surprise um coming from a second grade batsman to being a first grade opening bowler within half a season so that they, they do have that next man up mentality and they're going to need to use it particularly around um BBL season this is a team that on paper I think a genuine top 6 but as you mentioned, the question is going to be around that representative stress that that will come through halfway through the season. Do you think they've got enough in the tank to do it again this as they did last year? I think they can. They'll definitely be in the top six. They'll they'll get off to a cracking start like they did last year. But it's going to be interesting to see when is the competition going to start. We know BBL will come around just before Christmas. So if they can get that sort of November start and, and have a couple of good rounds before they lose their players to the BBL, then that's fine. But as I said, we're still in a bit of that limbo stage of when will the season actually begin. Um, if, if I was Manly, I'd want it to be – they'd probably want it to be starting next week if they could to get their first-choice squad on the field winning games before uh, the BBL comes around. Ryan, your prediction? Yeah, I think obviously a lot will be dependent on those players' availability, but I think – They've got enough quality in and around that first grade side and some of the top players in their second grade team um, to make the top six. And I think as long as those players are available come finals, I, I still, for me personally, see them as the favourites. Let's go on to the next team. It is the Mossman Wales. And there's one transfer that has occurred. I deliberately left it out from a previous club's mention to bring it into this one, Mizzy. But it is a, um, a long-time legend uh, who took a sabbatical last year, has made the move across the spit. Well, Greg West, um, the big burly left-arm fast bowler, another great option for the for the Manly side uh, in that bowling ranks. Uh, he'll be another one again. So he'll, be, he'll be enjoying that relationship with Mornay Morkel in the nets. But 
he'll leave a bit of a hole in that in that Wales side. I think we saw it a little bit last year. Um, he was sort of the leader of the attack. Uh, I don't, not really too many of their bowlers that can step up and, and take that sort of number one bowling role. But as I said, there's enough um, talent across that park to make them very competitive. And Ryan, this is a team that really de- um, developed a reputation last year as being one of the unluckiest teams in the competition. That Four of their losses were decided by either one to two wickets or 20 runs or less, just needing to learn how to close matches out. Yeah, it's so important that you win some of those close games. I mean, if you know you turn those four losses even to two wins, two losses, it just gets them in the mix for finals. Um, and then as it stands, they ended up 14th because uh, they lost all those four close games. So, yeah, it makes a huge difference on the final result. It has to be said, though, Mizzy, their, their batting lineup is certainly not short of, of talent. Headed up by Peter Forrest, whenever he's available, having Dan Hughes around. But they've also got Ash Dolan, Nathan Hinton, Matt Moran, Luke Shelton, Jaden Park, and, and young Elijah Eels as well. This is a stacked batting lineup. Well said there. They don't. They don't. They're not short on batting depth in that lineup. Particularly, said some of those all rounders even will, will be sort of in that eight or nine position. They can. They can certainly bat their way into a game. As I said, my my thoughts is just with the bowling and. Um, as I said, even last year they couldn't replicate someone like Greg West in that bowling lineup. They really need someone this year to to make that step up and lead that bowling attack if they want to make their way up the uh, up the ladders this year. I've got the team finishing 11th to 15th. They're gonna. I think they're gonna start pushing that log into that log jam for the finals, which can often extend from fifth place down to 12th or 13th, Mizzy. Well, yeah, as I said, we, as you said, Caruso, that there's always going to be that jam that, that, that just misses the finals. But if, you, if you're out by a win or two, somehow you can either be seventh or you can be 13th. And I do feel they'll be in that log jam there. I think if they can get some good if – they, if they do get their fair share of limited overs games, well, more than we normally see with whatever the draw ends up being – they they have the chance that if they can restrict teams with their bowling and they, and they might not be able to blast them out, but if they can restrict them to a decent total bowling first, they have that batting depth to chase it down. So if I was playing Mossman, I'd be definitely wanting to be putting them in first and know what you're chasing because, as I said, with that lineup, they can chase down pretty much anything. Ryan, your prediction on the Wales? Yeah, I've got them 11th to 15th uh, again this year, I think. As you mentioned, their batting is quite strong. Uh, also got Lachlan Hearn in there as well. Not sure how much he'll play as he's in that New South Wales kind of area now as well. Um, but yeah, I think, as you guys already mentioned, bowling's probably not one of the stronger attacks in uh, first grade cricket. So I think while that's the case, it might be a step too far for them to be around that finals area. We then get to the last team of this preview. It is the Parramatta 2 Blues. And a uh, a couple of positive pickups here, Mizzy, for the for Parramatta this year. Yeah, well, um, they've got Austin Phillip coming back from the from the Hawks to Parramatta, just a short stint from there, and also another big in Ryan Hackney coming across from Penrith. That's a that's a big get for the uh, the two Blues. And this is following a season for them where they've been trying to re-establish themselves, Ryan, after their breakthrough win. I think breaking a, a drought of more than, 
you know, 40 years without a premiership in first grade. The scenes when they won this premiership there, seeing Dougie, I think the stories were Doug Walters, um, you know, weeping tears, wiping tears away at Old Kings when they finally won this premiership. It was an absolute story that year. Yeah, I was surprised to see that they didn't perform very well last year. Um, yeah, they were quite a far way down, which isn't a standard thing for the Parramatta side. Um, however, I do think that they will bounce back a bit this year. Obviously, picking up Hackney is a massive get and uh, Austin Phillip. I also think as well, um, having their PG side be joint premiers this year, I think they could kind of follow a similar path this season as we did last year, just maybe bleed in some new young guys and, um, yeah, they, they might surprise a few people and get their ways up the ladder. And they also have guys like Ben Abbott who can take the game away from other sides, especially if there are more one-day fixtures this season. It should be mentioned as well, Mizzy, that there is no lack of talent, raw talent in this lineup. The likes of Nick Burtis and Owen Simonson as well. Uh, yeah, there are some guys who can do some damage with the bat. Well, so this this isn't one of these other sides that, other than really Sean Abbott, which they don't see at all throughout the uh, Premier Cricket season, they get to be fairly stable. And when you add the likes of Philip and, and Hatney into that side that's going to be playing together week on week, it's only going to be a good thing for them. As I said, we, we've seen a lot of big outs for them over the last couple of seasons. And maybe it's just taken to now for them to rebound. We all see that the clubs go ebbs and flows, the, they have good periods, they have bad periods. I think for Parramatta, they're slowly working their way out of this and um, working their way back up. Well, it doesn't help as well that uh, there's been some significant changes in terms of personnel as well over the last couple of years, Ryan. We saw the loss of their young, talented opening bat, Tim Ward, who went down to Tasmania. The other one, Scott Copperfield. Originally starting off as a quick, he now plays as a specialist bat. And that was probably the more shocking change that happened over the last couple of years. Yeah, that was obviously a, a big blow to himself and obviously Parramatta. Never actually got to face him, but heard he was quite a dangerous bowler. Um, but now he's made his way into that first grade side as a batsman. Um, I think, yeah, they, they've got guys like Jacob Workman. He's a good young fast bowler. Again, I think guys like that, another year in first grade, a bit more experience. I expect them to start holding their own in those grades. And yeah, I think they'll be an improved side. I've got them finishing 16th to 20th. They're, they're in a, I think they're in a genuine rebuild phase now. Matt, they're not on the way down. They're probably going to be on the way back up, but this is a probably a two- to three-year project for them. Oh, it certainly is. Um, I think we'll see some good signs out of them, but they won't be the Parramatta of old, of, of, especially of that premiership-winning ilk. Um, they'll be, again, dangerous in the um, in the shorter-form games. We'll, we'll probably see them there or thereabouts in the uh, in the Kingsgrove T20 Cup. They always seem to perform well there, like a number of the other clubs do, but um, they're certainly one of those sides that can turn it on in that short form. I think, again, they'll be another, side, another team that will be uh, buoyed if there are more limited overs fixtures this season. And your prediction, Ryan, for this lineup? Yeah, I'm expecting them uh, to be in that 11th to 15th range. I actually wouldn't be all that surprised if they were pushing towards that top 10. I think if Burtis and Abbott can uh, get a lot of runs up the top of the order, I think they will feed through. And then, oh, and also Hackney, they've got them now. They've got him as well. So, yeah, I, I think they'll actually go quite well this year. 
Well, we, we do know that the competition will be starting up in over a month's time at least. We think either the end of October or the start of November, mostly as a one-day competition. We'll hopefully have news of what the competition is um, going to look like. And we'll bring that to you, of course, in our feature show, The Bench, that you can hear right here on Triple H FM on a Friday night from 6 p.m. Before we let you go, Ryan, we want to give you the opportunity for, for two pieces. First off, sort of any special mention for Gordon of things that he'd be looking forward to come up this year. And as we always encourage, your um, your outlandish prediction for this year, something completely out of the blue for yourself. Mm, okay. Um, yeah, I think from club perspective, looking forward, um, yeah, if anyone, if any teams versing our side at Chatswood, I encourage them to get down to Chatswood Oval, uh, give us some banter back uh, on the other side of the hill. Uh, we're all looking forward to getting back into the stands and supporting our boys. I know we had a game against UNSW in the conference final and they had a good turnout, um, which was just great atmosphere, obviously, for grade cricket, which you don't get to see too often. So oh, I'm going to bring that up, actually, because we did bump into one one very infamous JP Gavin down <laughs> there um, at the grand final day, and he loves dragging out a bit of the banter on the off the field there. Yeah, I, I mean, I think it's all positive. I think it's a good bit of fun. Um, yeah, and I think there, there gets, should be more of it. He gets business out of it. He gets business out of it, I guess, anyway, because everyone knows who he is. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. It, yeah, it helps his cause. Um, yeah, I think it's all positive, and I'd like to see more of it. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, let's have a bit of fun with this. Your your outlandish prediction, something no one, no one will see coming, likely won't happen, but it'll be an absolute laugh if it does. Might be thinking, hasn't it? I'll go. uh, I'll stick with a local Gordon boy. I'm not not sure if this would be uh, an outrageous take, but I'll go uh, Lachlan Barnsley to get a state contract. Lachlan Barnsley for a state contract? I don't mind that, Mizzy. What do you think? That's what we like to hear. A nice, bold prediction. But um, I said, if he has a good season, I I feel that he he could be knocking on the door. He's one of those talents that. that really can show, and we, we've seen them around the uh, the traps the last couple of years. If there are those guys knocking on the door, they are, they will get rewarded. So, mate, we'll have our fingers crossed as well. I'm I'm going to make my own prediction, and I'm going to have a bit of fun, I'm going to have a bit of fun with this one. And it is around uh, John O'Cooks moving over to the eastern suburbs. Don't be surprised if a flock of magpies are set up <laughs> when they play each other just to swarm John O'Cook. Don't be surprised if they train up a set of magpies to swoop him. Oh, jeez. We had a really good one from Ryan, and then you come out with that. Hey, it's completely warranted, all right? I mean, it's bad enough going around for a walk under COVID lockdown without getting swooped by a magpie at the moment. Well, this I made my statement for for the ghosts earlier in the show, but Wes, if you do have anything to say about this podcast, please direct them directly <laughs> to Anthony Caruso, not to the team as a whole. Thank you. Yeah, oh, dear. It could be on. It might be like the um, Alexander boys when they went back to Manly. Well, that was that was fiery. Oh yes, <laughs> that was that was mag- that was spicy. That was very very spicy indeed. Especially when they could make Billy Darcy heckling them from the from the 
the uh, off the field as well. So, ladies and gentlemen, with that, that is Splinters. I want to thank our special guest, Ryan Tullier, for joining us tonight. We'll have the rest of your predictions, and we're going to be putting them all together to find out what the aggregated bench prediction is going to be. So, Ryan, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for being. Uh, thanks for having me here, boys. I've really enjoyed it, and it's got me came for the season. Mizzy, a pleasure as always. And we've got another one to do next week, and we've got at least one confirmed big guest joining us next week. Well, Seb, we've still got um, 10 big signs to do. You'll notice we missed the ends, so hopefully that will notice that there's a couple of big lo- and more local clubs we've got to do in that part too. Maybe one of those uh, players will be there with us, but... Um, It's great to have Ryan on the show with us today. Glad you enjoyed it. I'm sure we'll be talking to you more throughout the season. Can't wait to get back to Chatswood Oval, particularly um, back in the grandstand to uh, set up commentary position. I just have one issue. If we have to go head-to-head with those Daily Telegraph pricks again, I'm not getting moved for them this year, all right? (laughs) We're not. We're not. We are not. No. Well, for those of you who don't, for those of you who don't know, of course, last year they had to turn their microphones off at the grand final because we were coming through. But let's face it. Let's face it. I mean, you well, it's our fault. We were just calling from where they put us. Yeah, well, exactly. And well, not only that as well, but let's face it. Most people would have been using the vision from the Daily Telegraph and listening to us. Oh, well, I could get myself in trouble more if uh, the more I say about those guys. But, um, mate, all I can say is the more people that cover this competition, the better. Um, We just know who's number one. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. No question about it. That is, of course, Splinters here done for another night on Triple H 100.1 FM streaming on the web at www.triplehfm.com.au and available for download at podcast.com Apple Store, YouTube, Music, Spotify TuneIn and all good podcast sites we do it all for Atlas Chartered Accountants the Hornsby Karingai Post, the Hornsby RSL and ISC Sports on behalf of Ryan Tullia and Matt Mears, I'm Anthony Anthony Caruso, run hard or run home, good night Thank <laughs> you.